Good morning, everybody. Steve Sponskowski here along with Brandon Clark, and we're coming to you live from Autoimmune Angels in Rochester. We've just entered into the chapel. You can hear uh, the choir singing. Well, that's uh, not actually. It's, not it's, quite. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> canned music, but it's still beautiful. We're going to talk now about and move into our segment, Encountering Christ's Real Presence, as Real Presence Radio is really here just to point the way to Christ in his real presence. And as Catholics, that is uh, the source and summit of our Catholic life. And so we're going to visit now with Jennifer Henderson. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning. How are you doing today? Just fine, thank you. Thanks for joining us this morning. It's, uh, we're excited to hear your story. Let's, let's jump right in to your, the beginning of your story. And, and you talked about uh, at the, when you first got married, there, was, there were some struggles uh, with, with having children. Talk to us a little bit about that, Jennifer. Yes. My husband and I got married a little bit later in life, in our mid-30s. And our first two pregnancies ended in miscarriage. And um, our first Christmas was uh, recovering from our first miscarriage. And so December is kind of a a special time for our family, remembering um, those two babies that we lost. So we found out that I was struggling with some hormonal issues um, because of the miscarriages. So we went to work with the Pope Paul VI Institute out of Omaha, Nebraska. And at the time, we were living, the first miscarriage, we were living in Wyoming, and then the second one was in Tennessee. But um, the Institute out of um, Omaha worked with us um, while we were living in Tennessee. Yeah, and and, um, I I can speak from experience in working with Pope Paul VI Institute. Me and my wife have been down there as well. Um, It's it's a beautiful thing, you know. They're they're so pro life, and and they're they're just truly their mission is to to help uh, help open the door to to parenthood to uh, just whatever the Lord might will uh, for for couples, even just overall health. Can you just talk a little bit about your experience with you? You said you worked with Dr. Hilgers. I'm not sure. Was that was that the Dr. Hilgers, the the, the it father? Was. Uh, so it just was talk a little bit about Dr. that experience. Sure. <laughs> um, we. We never actually met him face-to-face. It was very interesting that we were able to do all of our blood work and everything online um, through the phone. Um, we shipped my blood work on dry ice. But every time I spoke to any of the nurses at the clinic there, they're so wonderful. They're so Catholic. And they really took the time to listen to me and really were empathetic that we had lost two children, Hmm. two souls, you know, and that was something that was really important that you didn't always get at just a regular OB appointment, you know, so. And so, Jennifer, as as we know, our Lord God is so good, such a loving Father, that he provides for us in all ways, so he's presenting you the struggle of of the miscarriages, but he also pre- he presents you with with this opportunity to work with Dr. Hilgers, who pre- who gives you um, a, a scientific answer, right to to the struggle. Correct. But he doesn't stop there. The Lord you know meets us in our in our physical life, but he also meets us in our spiritual life. So so after you had this experience with Dr. Hilgers, and he's helping you along the path um, to uh, hormonal health. 
Um, then you entered into this, uh, had this spiritual experience with, with the Lord in adoration and, and, the, and of the Eucharist. Talk to us a little bit about that and, and, and how that next part sure. of the journey. Sure. I am a definitive lay member of the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity, and I spent time in mission with them before J.D. and I got married. And <clears throat> J.D. and I were living in Tennessee, and every year in July, Stolt has a big assembly for all their members, and I really wanted to go. It was in July. Um, we had had our, miscar- our second miscarriage that December before, and I really wanted to go and see all of my priest friends because they were really more like family to us. And so J.D. and I went to this general assembly in Corpus Christi, Texas. And in Corpus Christi, Solt has, uh, they used to have a little college, and there was a priest with Solt who built an amazing adoration chapel. It can seat 250 people. Um, it has this amazing altarpiece, retablo behind the altar, it's like 40 feet tall. Um, it's embellished in gold leaf. It's just incredible. And so all the masses and prayer times were in that chapel when we were there. And the whole time, the only thing on my heart really was to have a baby. That was the only thing that I, every priest I saw, I asked for a blessing. I said, would you please pray we can have a baby? And, um, we went to the adoration chapel. We had just had mass. And so the, the Eucharist is at the top of this 40 foot retablo. And, um, when there's mass, the little doors are shut, but mass was over and the two little doors opened. It was very quiet. And I'm looking up and I'm praying, Lord, please bless us with a baby. And as the doors opened to the monstrance, I see on either side of the monstrance these two little cherub statues of angels. And one little cherub was in blue, and one little cherub was in pink. And they were healthy. They were chubby. They, it, it was just beautiful. And in my heart, I felt a peace come over me. And it wasn't like an audible voice, but I heard God say, you will have a boy, and you will have a girl, and everything's going to be okay. It was an amazing piece. Yeah. In that moment, you know, in that piece, you know, knowing that you've had two miscarriages, knowing that you, you're, you're working with the Pope Paul VI Institute, you know, what's, what's going through your heart as you see and you, you, you hear the Lord speaking to you saying, I hear you, I'm with you, and I will grant right. you your heart's <laughs> desires. Right. It, it, you know, I didn't quite understand. Like, I didn't know exactly what it meant, you know. And, but I did have a peace. And that peace is really, it was so important. So when we left Texas, I went home more hopeful um, that there we were going to be okay. God was going to make sure it was going to be okay. And so, Jennifer, you have this experience in adoration, and, and you after, afterwards you, you started uh, another novena to St. Joseph. Is there a special uh, devotion that you and your husband have to St. Joseph, or, or, 
why did you choose that novena? My um, spiritual director from a long time ago, he actually um, helped to found the Soul Order. He loved St. Joseph. And when we were visiting there, he said, I want you to go home and pray a novena to St. Joseph because he felt that St. Joseph always helped in um, helping people have children. And so, and it was funny because I'd already prayed two novenas to St. Joseph. So I said, okay, Father, I'll be obedient. We'll go home. We'll pray another novena to St. Joseph. And, and so this was in July, right? Yes, it um, was in July. So what happened after you prayed the novena this time? After we prayed it this time, I was pregnant in August, very shortly after we returned. And um, we were still working with Pope Paul VI. They helped confirm everything, and they were still helping us with the hormones and everything. Um, so, yes, I was pregnant, and so then then it was the scary time, because mm-hmm. I had been pregnant before, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so it was really hard to just kind of offer that back to our Lord and say, you protect us and help us, because I didn't know if I would lose another one. Mm-hmm. And so... so in your, your previous miscarriages, you had carried had you carried them to six weeks or, or beyond that, or, or where were? Uh, yeah, it was around six to eight weeks. Okay, so, so then, Paul, yes, go ahead. Pope Paul the Six um, wanted me to have the six week ultrasound because they said that's really important, especially when you've had miscarriages. We want to see um, how everything is. So um, we went in for that first appointment, and my husband came with me. My mom was visiting. We said, you should come too. So we went to that first appointment, and um, the ultrasound tech is starting the ultrasound. And um, she pauses, and I was wondering what that meant. And then she said, well, I don't want to freak you out. And then I thought, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, what does that mean? She said, I don't want to freak you out, but there's two in there. And then I knew. I knew they were going to be a boy and a girl. And I knew that our Lord had, you know, prepared me for this. And um, it was amazing. And I started to cry. And my mom was like, what's the matter? And I said, I knew, I knew it was going to, this was going to happen. And um, it was, was, so it was really amazing. And you know, at six weeks, you can't tell it's a boy and a girl. Um, But so we found out maybe a couple of ultrasounds later that they were, in fact, a boy and a girl. And so you now have two beautiful children, and their names are? <laughs> they are Francesco and Chiara. And um, we named them after St. Francis and St. Clair um, because we felt like St. Francis and St. Clair have that beautiful brotherly, sisterly relationship and um, we liked how it sounded in Italian. <laughs> uh, and, they're, and they're now 10 years old. They are 10 years old. Hmm. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So, you know, these are beautiful stories of the Lord answering prayers and, and really kind of giving us a premonition 
in prayer of what he's going to do with us. Of course, we don't always know exactly what that means until he actually um, does answer that prayer. So let's go back to your experience in adoration and, and ha- what does adoration mean to you now? Did you Have you returned to that experience of adoration and, and talked to the Lord about that? How does that? What role does that play in your life today? Adoration is so important in our lives, and I feel like it brings so much peace. It's so quiet, and it's a lot of times I just go and sit, and just to be in in the presence of our Lord, just to be with Him, and. You know, I I think about that experience at the chapel. I wasn't praying for a sign. You know, I wasn't um, saying, Lord, show me what we're going to do here. You know, Um, I was just, it was just a plea that I was making, you know. And so I, sometimes I just think about an adoration. Yes, I'm going there to pray. And one of things my spiritual director always used to say is you want to come into relationship with our Lord. And sometimes that doesn't mean a vocal prayer. Maybe the vocal prayer helps you come into relationship with him, but then sometimes it's just being there with him in silence. So Jennifer, there are, you know, we all go through struggles in life and, and the, Talk a little bit about this this time in our lives, you know, like you experienced here, where we're really, when we're really struggling, um, as you mentioned, uh, and I love how you're sharing that, it's almost like, it's like a deep cry from our being to the Lord saying, please, please help me. And there are so many people struggling and, and suffering in this world. Could you give those people who are listening right now who are in that moment and, 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 and you know, harken back to your time uh, when you were feeling that deep cry of a child before her father saying, please, will you help me? What words can you give of joy and hope to them uh, so that they can hold on in the, these times of difficulty? I think that an adoration time, too, is where our Lord is very vulnerable He's very vulnerable to us because there is no, there's, there's nothing in front of him. And you can go straight to him in that time of adoration and really ask him to help direct you. You know, and I think about um Jesus' message to his his apostles before he ascended and saying that I will be with you always. Can you just speak to, you know, we talk about these these trials and then obviously these joys of of having, you know, a a son and a daughter. Can you just speak to this idea that, that the Lord keeps his promise, that even when we struggle, even when we're joyful through it all, he will never leave us. He's always with us. Um, especially when you talk about, you know, the the presence of the Lord. He meets us where we're at, right? Yes. Yes. And I really hold on to the words of Our Lady of Guadalupe, too. You know, am I not here who am your mother? And she leads us straight to our Lord. And those words have always been very comforting to me, too, that 
they are here to, they will be with us. They are with us in the struggle. They will never leave us alone. Absolutely. So if you're listening today and you're thinking, you know, um, Lord, how can I be closer to you? Well, guess what? There are opportunities in your community and across the whole listening area. There are opportunities uh, to go to our Lord in adoration. Now, if you don't have exposition where he's exposed in the Blessed Sacrament, you can also walk into any Catholic church and our Lord is there waiting for you. Um, but especially in some of these communities, there are perpetual, there's perpetual adoration. Here in New Rochester at Res- Resurrection Church, there is perpetual adoration. You can stop in there. There's a perpetual adoration chapel in Sioux Falls. There's one in Fargo. Um, there's one in Grand Forks. Uh, there's one in Rapid City. There, it's, uh, and, and many cities are working on having perpetual adoration. Our Lord is there waiting for us. To, to, uh, quick note, Jennifer. Because I think a lot of people are overwhelmed by the thought of sitting in front of the Lord in, in silence or in, in prayer, in adoration. And, you know, sometimes I know the first time I went to adoration, uh, two minutes felt like about 30 minutes until you got <laughs> used to that silence. What do you do in adoration, Jennifer? What's, what, what do you find uh, most uh, prayerful for you or for that time with you and the Lord? Sometimes I'll pray the rosary. Sometimes I will read scripture. Sometimes I will journal. That's another way that I can um, be in adoration. If I have my children with me, sometimes I bring coloring pages for them or saint books for them to look through. And I love that idea of of family adoration. I'll, I'll share a quick story with you. Personally, um, when we had young children, you know, of course, when you have young children and you go to Mass, the, you spend almost all of your Mass time fighting with them. Um, and most uh, families with small children say we leave Mass and we got nothing out of it because I couldn't hear the homily because my child was jumping around and screaming the whole time, right? Um, and so my wife and I decided that th- there was an opportunity for perpetual adoration to take an hour. And we thought, well, maybe if we get our children used to sitting still outside of Mass, maybe it'll work to help them sit still in Mass. And so uh, we started taking our family, we did an hour of perpetual adoration every week, and we've been doing that for many years now, 10 years, as a family. And I I tell you what, folks, if you're looking for a way to teach your children to sit still in Mass, take them to adoration, because it's training and an opportunity, not only for training to be sit quietly, but also a training for that relationship with the Lord. And so it's a great opportunity in all of our communities to be with our Lord in adoration. Jennifer, we just have about a minute left. Uh, is there anything on your heart um, that that you really just want to share with listeners about adoration and what they can experience with our Lord? I think that adoration has been very instrumental in our family. Um, before I was married, I was able to have adoration one hour every single day, and it was just amazing. That we're not always available to do that you know, in our lives now, but even just to stop into a church for five minutes, mm-hmm. you know, just to sit with our Lord for just a minute. It's all a relationship that we are trying to strive for. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jennifer, thanks so much for sharing your beautiful story with us. I mean, these are the, this is what Real Presence Live is about when we can hear these stories that are really inspirational. And yeah, they're not all joyful. They're not, they're not completely filled with joy. They, they come with their struggles at points, but they are a story of the Lord's goodness and how he will never lead us, leave us. So thank you again, Jennifer. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. All right, folks, uh, we're coming to the end of our show of Real Presence Live. Uh, while we're on the road, Aaron's uh, holding the fort down there with Brad Wilson back in Fargo while we've been on the road all week and uh, with our banquets. So, folks, uh, thank you for listening in. And, and just a you know, quick reminder, one of the reasons we like to bring you these stories of hope, we, we, don't, we absolutely recognize that there are difficulties in life. Um, life is always beautiful, but life isn't always easy. It is difficult. But... When we're in those difficult times, and we call them oftentimes in the church, we call them times of desolation, um, we need to remember those times of consolation and joy. And if we're not experiencing them, we need to find them in other people's lives because they are a reminder to us that the Lord is with us. And we oftentimes, in the difficulties of desolation, we can't see the Lord there until after we step out of the desolation. And kind of like that story of footprints where we see that Christ was actually carrying us and we thought we were dragging ourselves through the sand. So hang in there, folks. There is joy. There is hope. The Lord is with us. Thank you for joining Brandon and I. Brandon, it's been a great morning. It has, and we've got a lot of great things to come, including our afternoon broadcast here from Autoimmune Angels, 1 to 2 p.m., Dr. David Anders, your chance, RPR family, to call in with your questions for that whole hour. It's all for you. We'll see you at 1 o'clock. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.